Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome to this strange new world we're living in with this unprecedented move to remove Speaker McCarthy. It's not so strange that the pro-Biden media was going to change the way they did anything. They stuck with their government shutdown framing. The hard right Republicans are ruining Washington. Uh, ABC uh, World News Tonight anchor David Muir said McCarthy was brought down by a handful of hard right members of his own party who are furious with McCarthy for working with moderate Republicans and the Democrats to keep the government open. Yes. And then those people worked with the Democrats to remove McCarthy. Muir also said House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries calling on Republicans to break from the extremists and end the chaos. This is one of our regular notes here. Who's who's on the hard right? I mean, in this speaker fight, there's the hard right on both sides, to be honest. But, I mean, there's never a hard left. You know, Hakeem Jeffries gets to call on breaking from the extremists, but they're not going to refer to anybody on the Democratic side as an extremist. Uh, I was in my car at noon listening to National Public Radio. Congressional correspondent Susan Davis at the top of the hour talked about the top story, Jim Jordan throwing his hat into the ring for speaker. She threw in not just the hard right term, but flamethrower and terrorist. First elected to the House in 2006, Jordan has evolved from a conservative flamethrower to an influential party insider. He's a founding member of the hard right House Freedom Caucus and was once dubbed a, quote, legislative terrorist by former Republican Speaker John Boehner. So I had some choice words for NPR Susan Davis in the car. Not that she could hear them, but this is what they get away with. We're going to call the Republicans terrorists and then say, no, it was another Republican that called him that. Joining me today to discuss the national media's assignment of extremist labels and other stories, Newsbusters managing editor, Curtis Houck. Howdy. Uh, since we are not Capitol Hill insiders, I think it's hard to predict where this is going. Could be really bad. Could be okay. Uh, but there's no doubt this plays into the Democratic talking point that Republicans can't govern. And there they were. They were 96.3% of the votes to oust McCarthy. So obviously they made a decision in favor of making the other party look dysfunctional. But you can't call it nonpartisan. Right. Well, a couple things here. One, I just have to point out that the Problem Solvers Caucus, like the Problem Solvers, which is involves well over a dozen Democrats, um, some surprises, some not, that all of them stayed in lockstep and refused to, uh, you know— bail people out here you had a democrat from kentucky who's not part of it morgan mcgarvey talking about how instead of working to do our jobs and pass a budget for the american people matt gates and the extremist republicans just voted to end kevin mccarthy's speakership this is unprecedented um that uh you uh you helped to end that my dude yes Uh, well uh, i I mean oops it's like they don't want to hold the democrats responsible for the way they voted (laughs) Yeah, and that and that's not what's being talked about here. I mean, there's du- you know, as I said, well over a dozen Democrats in this Problem Solvers Caucus, and they talk about civility and important. Chrissy Houlihan 
from Pennsylvania is one of them. Um, you know, Stephen Horford, you know, the head oh. of the president. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's why, like, people like I didn't Abby, know that he was in that grouping. Right. The it, head of the Congressional Black Caucus. Yeah, they they include some not surprises like Angie Craig, you know, Henry Cuellar, you know, Jared Golden, Marie Goulson-Camp Perez from Washington State. But then there's some funny ones like Dan Kildee, Susie Lee, Donald Norcross, who represents Camden, New Jersey, uh, you know, Jimmy Panetta, um, Scott Peters, you know, Alyssa Slotkin, um, David Trone, Haley Stevens. But all these people, Spanberger, uh, you know, people like that that claim to be, you know, problem solvers decided to be part of the problem and they know they can do this to, to bring it back to the media here is is because that they know that they would cover them and sure enough that's what we saw on the network morning newscast jonathan carl and rachel scott uh cbs and nicole killing and john dickerson uh nbc at garrett hake and hallie jackson all six of them were out there suggesting that yeah democrats were within their rights to throw out kevin mccarthy because he said mean things about them to Margaret Brennan on Face the Nation, which you wrote about. Yeah, I mean, all he was basically saying was he, he was under attack for the the uh, House not doing anything on spending. He said the House has passed a bunch of bills. What, the Senate's done nothing. So th- it, he was really attacking the Senate more than he was really attacking the Democrats, at least in that particular Right, portion. but he hurt our feelings in January 6th, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's just like all these other random personal grievances. And, of course, they go to sound bites from Ilhan Omar and Pramila Jayapal. Like, again, they the Democrats know that they could do this and the media would defend them as problem solvers because you had John Dickerson come out and do his, you know, he channeled his inner John Meacham and said that, you know, when you govern and when you're given power by the people, you work for the people. And when you work for the people, you got to compromise. And the Republican Party doesn't believe in compromise. He did this whole bit then about how Republicans are the party that not only hates institutions, they hate the other side. So therefore, they don't want to work with Democrats. And it's like, um, John, John, uh, have you heard the squad? Have you heard... What Mondaire Jones tweeted, former member of Congress, about Kevin McCarthy picturing him with Jews. Yeah, that was weird. Have you, like, do you not see what these people do on a regular basis? You know, Jayapal talking about Israel as basically a terrorist state, among other things. I mean, in all sorts of uh, uh, inflammatory rhetoric that we hear on a daily basis— doesn't exist they're just rhetorical flourishes or they don't really mean those things but republicans mean what they say yeah i mean obviously here i think the important thing that we should always underline is they can say just from observing reality well the republicans seem to be a divided mess they had 15 votes before mccarthy was actually elected speaker now he's been removed out of nowhere and say, see, the Democrats, they're so much more organized. Well, I think what we all forget is, just as you suggested, Curtis, the news media are part of the Democrat caucus, and that is everybody is confident that the news media will share their talking points and their spin. And yes, nobody will make fun of the problem solvers for adding to the problem because the problem solvers on the Democrat side voted with Uh, the official House position, and that you're never wrong to vote the party line if you're a D. 
And that's that's part of it. So when they just turn it back and say, yeah, well, it's the eight Republicans who voted to get rid of McCarthy who are the real reason why. So but I'm like, but if you're the problem solvers and there's a problem and and with this, the House can't have committee hearings. Right. The House can't have intelligence briefings. You know, as the media have pointed out, if there's a crisis of some sort that pops up, the House currently could not function. Uh, the gang of eight with the leadership on both in both parties and both houses and the uh, chair and ranking members of the intelligence committees could not participate, at least on the House side. Um, and that's the point that the media raised, and that is correct. But the Democrats don't want to do anything to fix that. They say this is they take the talking points from the White House. This is what Karine Jean-Pierre was talking about today. She said this is for them to work out. And of course, the White House reporters were more concerned about Ukraine. What does this mean for Ukraine? What does this mean for Ukraine? Well, and fine. That's a that's a perfectly fine thing to ask, but Yes, we all understand what the White House line is, which is never get in the way of your opposing party when they're blowing up. That's that's what she's trying to say. But yes, Margaret Brennan was all over Kevin McCarthy for saying, "Well, you know, you're not gonna, you're going to shut down again in 45 days." She was very <laughs> pessimistic. Well, yeah, what does this vote do about the 45 days? Now, there's a long-running controversy here about you know, continuing resolutions, rolling all your spending bills up at, at, into a massive 2,000-page uh, bill nobody reads. There's a That's part of this. But, of course, last week, all we got in all the shutdown coverage was, you know, all the list of things that are going to be affected that then were not affected. But they It's, a, it's the typical stuff. Yeah. People they don't, are going to die. This military family with, who has a kid with Down syndrome won't be able to get them the proper attention that they need. You know, Down syndrome kid might get, go hungry or something like you know, these Sikh uh, covert liberal activists, you know, this woman who's a federal worker up in Wisconsin can't take her kid to Disney World. All right. Right. And then you find out that she was her she, union president. She's the, uh, the American Federation of Government Employees spokesman. That was fun that you found that the the um, so I just think people everybody needs to remember at times like these that the news media's objective here is not to govern. They they, they, they love slamming the Republicans for not governing, but is the media really assisting in governing? Are they the responsible citizens? No, they're they're lining up with the Democrats and hitting those Democratic talking points hard. Now let's turn Curtis back to a story from the weekend on congressional extremes the media do not like, and that was hard left Congressman Jamal Bowman pulling a fire alarm in the Cannon House office building on Saturday in an attempt to delay a vote on the bill to avoid the shutdown. Our Alex Christie hopped on the pro-Democrat media trend right away. Uh, you know, they were trying to explain a way that this was somehow some sort of accident. Let's listen to how Bill, Magus, Bill D'Agostino made a video clip package <laughs> of all the funny lines in there. Let's listen. We've seen Republicans freak out over John Fetterman wearing shorts in the Senate. And this weekend, they freaked out over Jamal Bowman allegedly pulling a fire alarm to stop a vote on the continuing resolution bill. And of course, Republicans are going to jump on this because they're looking at the politics for it. Republicans are going to keep focusing on this. What do you say to Republicans who just jumped on this saying, oh, he should face an ethics investigation for creating a delay voting and be expelled? He released a statement yesterday. I want to read it for folks. Congressman Bowman did not realize he would trigger a building alarm as he was rushing to make an urgent vote. He issued an apology saying, I'm embarrassed that I admit that I activated the fire 
fire alarm, mistakenly thinking it would open the door. Mistakenly thinking it would open the door. Mistakenly thinking it would open the door. He was trying to get through a closed door. He was trying to get to a vote and he thought that would help unlock the door. The New York Democrat says it was an accident. Which Jamal Bowman, Democratic congressman, has denied. He says it was an accident. He had a statement saying that he pulled it by accident. Bowman said it was by accident. The people who were completely silent about Trump's 91 criminal indictments are ready to just lock the congressman up for pulling a fire alarm. People were comparing it to January 6th. Does, so does that mean that in a couple of weeks, Kevin McCarthy is going to be okay with it? Because he's okay with January 6th now. I just want to say that there's no comparison to January 6th and yeah. pulling a fire alarm. Let's just say that like full stop. Curtis, they really didn't like the comparison to January 6th because no. they always compare it to violence like Oh, Ashley Babbitt being shot, but you know they're, they're never going to mention that. The point was that the Justice Department has arrested and prosecuted people for doing nothing more than walking into the Capitol and taking a selfie. That's what they're comparing Jamal Bowman to. It's obstructing, the, like the official title in the criminal code is like obstructing an official proceeding. Uh, and that's Jamal, what Jamal Bowman did because... You know, the Capitol complex had to be evacuated. The House office building, Canada, uh, I believe, yes. where, you know, a third of the House, you know, there's three office buildings yep. and where a bunch of members of Congress were working and staffs were trying to read the bill and get their bosses the information that they needed about the CR bill. And Bowman goes and pulls the fire alarm because he thinks his excuse was like, I was trying to get out or something like that, yeah. the emergency doors. And the view thought, it was a normal door that he walked out and uh, it was some Republican conspiracy to keep a black man from voting. That's that's one of the craziest things out there. Right. I mean, we, you obviously go back to the idea. Jabal, Jamal Bowman was a middle school principal. So the idea that he doesn't know what a fire what alarm a red, does. A little, little red and white box that says fire with the pull, white lever. Pull in case of fire. Pull in case of. Not and, pull in case you need to get out the door. Right, exactly. <laughs> and then this is what McCarthy was talking about, you know, with, with Margaret Brennan, how Democrats were stalling. Democrats were stalling on this bill. You know, who knows? If Bowman would have kept pulling it or other thing, other shenanigans, the government might have shut down. And then, of course, the media would have had their talking point that they're the party that Republicans are the party that shut down the government. Republicans were finally trying to put something on the floor saying put up or shut up. The Democrats take it or leave it, and Jamal Bowman and the Democratic caucus were holding up. Hakeem Jeffries was filibustering on the floor for a while, uh, trying to stall and try to figure out what his party should do, and this was Bowman's part in the act, and he, obviously he got caught doing it, and the media just think we're supposed to move on. So I started looking at the coverage on ABC, CBS, and NBC, and some of those clips came up in Bill's package, by and large, it was just on Saturday, it was the CBS Weekend News and NBC Nightly News. On Sunday, none of the Sunday morning traditional shows had it, not the talk shows, the traditional newscasts. And then NBC on Sunday night was the only one that had it. Um, hey, Brent Baker would say, because uh, he always makes these points, NBC ran the Ryder Cup. So there was no Today and there was no Meet the Press. But Correct. still. Correct. But, you know... It, it, they just try to play at both sides. Like, for example, you know, I, this was on Sunday night's NBC Nightly News. Julie Serkin said, meanwhile, McCarthy is calling for Congressman Jamal Bowman to face punishment. Republicans are accusing the New York Democrat of pulling a fire alarm on Capitol Hill to delay the funding vote. Bowman denying it was intentional. 
this is the worst. I, I, I thought the media had decided that we can't do both sides anymore. Right. That we can't give equal time and listen to both sides and let the viewer decide. I thought, you know, in the name of facts and truth and democracy dying in darkness, that we were going to put our thumb on the scales. And it's clear exactly what he was doing. He was caught on camera doing this. It's not like he was caught on camera tripping and, and grabbing the fire alarm to break his fall. Right, exactly. <laughs> and sure enough, yeah, Rachel Scott on ABC, to her credits, you know, she did it this way. She said, he says this was an innocent mistake, but that's prompting even more confusion. The fire alarm is red. It's clearly marked with the word fire. Exactly. And that's her. That's as far as she would go. The implicit, you know, the, impl you know, the implicit, you know, saying that this guy's a dumb dumb. Well, like nobody believes this. It's there's a question here, and that is. Is Jabal Bowman that stupid? I don't, I'd say no. And they would say, does network coverage like this suggest that the American people are that stupid? That they would say, oh, he says it was an accident. No, it wasn't an accident. Everybody who looks at the video knows it's not an accident. So to try to forward that talking point is dumb. And it just shows, again, this, I mean, we, this may seem kind of trivial. And obviously this isn't like what's happened. Donald Trump's being charged with where he could face decades and decades behind bars between all of his various cases. But, you know, again, this is this all adds up to the narrative and feeling among conservatives and just sane people that there's a two-tier justice system in this country. That, yes, people who beat up police officers got the books thrown at them, but if you walk into the Capitol and turn around, you're getting the book thrown at you too, whereas Jamal Bowman did the same thing by obstructing an official proceeding, preventing the house, the people's house, from doing its work. Shouldn't that be treated with a, any level of seriousness? Apparently, according to the news media, it doesn't matter. Even Gail King, Democratic donor, Obama family friend Gail King, said it was, quote, a little difficult for her to accept that he didn't think it was a fire alarm. Yeah. And when you've lost Gail King, yeah, it's, uh, it's not good. And even Vlad Dutier, before that, he pointed out, he said he liked what Republican Congresswoman Nicole Malley talks from New York said. This is the United States Congress, not a New York City high school. That's it. Well, and so it seems to me like their standard is, well, you can't compare it to January 6th because January 6th was the was the Senate moving to, um, you know, uh, affirm that Biden was president. And somehow you can run this down because this is just a bunch of House Republicans it's passing a bill. A, it's just a govern. It's just a spending bill vote versus you know, electing a president, basically. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and so I don't know why this would be considered trivial, but that's but this is what they do. They go running to the defense of the Democrats the way they often do. And this is, I think, should be underlined, uh, a really radical guy and not a nice guy. You know, according to the liberal site Raw Story, Jabal Bowman uh, had words about Tim Scott saying in the second presidential debate that America is not a racist country. Bowman said, now the fact that he would want to be VP to a racist, fascist person is beyond me, but that was him pandering to the Sambo section of the black community. Oh, boy. Like little black Sambo. For, for younger people, they might not know the old story, but I mean, it's uh, uh, the, wor the uh, word for that is jerk. He's a jerk. Yeah, I mean, and obviously... John Dickerson, where are you, Mr. You know, college professor on civility here? We all need to be civil, but I we all seem to remember that uh, John Dickerson wrote a piece for Slate 
back when Obama was president, where he basically said, you have to go for the Republicans' throats. And so we'd like to pull up that uh, URL. Of course, he was like, I didn't mean it. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Well, this was your advice at the time. I think Barack Obama and his his assistants would have taken it as a serious entreaty. You write for, also. You wrote it for Slate.com. I mean, that kind of tells you what position you are taking. Yeah, right. I mean, we knew who. It, it's like it's like NPR and MSNBC and the whole nine yards. We know what. Yeah, what that where they're coming from with a thing like that. So um, it'll be interesting to see where exactly the uh, how the house operates or fails to operate there uh, yeah. there does seem to be a campaign for speaker jim jordan uh, i mean it really seems like as of rec- this recording i think we're looking at three people steve scalise um i think a lot of people like him i guess a lot of the question is how is his blood cancer treatments going mm-hmm. that's a huge concern otherwise i think you might i think it might be more of a runaway uh jim jordan obviously he goes without saying and kevin hearn Oklahoma Republican, part of the Republican Study Committee, which outside of Washington, you may not know what the Study Committee is, but it's meant before there was the Freedom Caucus, Mm -hmm. the Study Committee was... Conservative Movement Central. Was Conservative Movement Central. Now it's getting, you look at the membership, it's like huge. People with ACU and heritage scores that are... But regardless, the point is... You know, yeah, he's he's known. You know, it, the other thing yeah. I was going to mention was that uh, Alex Christie noted today that uh, Brendan Buck was on MSNBC as he often is. He's often an MSNBC Republican, right? Well, yeah, he's got to be on TV since his wife Rebecca Buck, Rebecca Berg, is I guess a stay-at-home mom now. Yes, she was a reporter. Yes, with the Washington Examiner, she cor- she covered Cory Booker's campaign. Ah, and so she hated it probably so much she was like, "I'm going to go have a kid and not come back." Well, he, Brandon Buck, who, you know, I, I think usually a Republican would be disappointed with what he says on MSNBC. But in this particular case, he merely said that Nancy Pelosi, the the speaker, the current speaker, Patrick McHenry, was kicking her out of her little uh, uh, office in the Capitol. Uh, and extra office, yeah. Extra office. And, sh- and uh, Buck basically said she participated in a coup. Uh, uh, Andrew Mitchell's like, bah, 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 you know, you, she can't, she can't take anybody running down Nancy. Yeah, Pelosi. see, that's the thing amid all of this nonsense and nobody having a plan and Matt Gates is many media appearances that we can all agree on. Isn't this great that Nancy Pelosi's being kicked out of her little office and like Steny Hoyer apparently had an extra office too and McHenry's kicked him out of that one too. And like Andrew's excuse would, how could you do? Uh, she's in California morning, Diane Feinstein. <laughs> like, please. Yeah, well, please. It, 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 and this this underlines what we always say is that these people um, are very friendly with Democrats. You well, don't. I should point out that yes, I mean Diane Feinstein, Gloria Borger, uh, Dana Bash, and Andrew Mitchell all talked last week. I believe all three of them. Uh, one of those two had seen it, maybe, and Andrea for sure talked about how Diane Feinstein would routinely have off the record dinners with elder like older female reporters and other mm-hmm. elected Democrats at Cafe Milano and how much, you know, Gloria Borger or Dana Bash and Andrea Mitchell, they all loved going because mm-hmm. it was so much fun to hang out with Diane. And they were so sad when the most recent one a couple of weeks ago she didn't show up because she wasn't feeling well. It's like, please. This is but this incestuous. is this is something that we don't 
really look at because the news media doesn't want you to know about how they do business. But this is how they do business. You know, they show up, they have dinner with Diane Feinstein, they all giggle together. They're very comfortable and friendly. And then they're able to go out there and defend her because this is what she said last Tuesday at the cafe. Right. Yeah. I mean, again, this is something that the media don't know that or the public doesn't know about how the media operates. The media operate based on who their friends are and the level of access that they give them. And it definitely helps when they're all reading from the same sheet music. That's why the Henry Cuellar story was memory hold. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're really not talking about that anymore. Granted, part of it's Kevin McCarthy, part of it's Donald Trump's fraud trial. Um, Still, but, but a member of Congress being carjacked is a, is a big not, story. But he's not part of the club. Yes, he's maybe a little corrupt because he's being investigated for like work with the Armenians or Azerbaijanians or Tajikistan, something like one of those like obscure countries. Um, oh, like Menendez in Egypt. Like Menendez in Egypt, yes. But Quayar is one of those guys that occasionally votes on pro-life things, not particularly big on gun confiscation, pro-police, you know, pro-border enforcement. You know, he's not for, like, mass amnesty. This is where he was primaried last time. He was primaried by an AOC Bernie person and actually won. You know, Democrats have been trying to get rid of this guy for a while. And same with Angie Craig. Angie Craig, a little bit more liberal, but still not quite a squad member type. So that's why you don't hear too much about her. And you didn't really hear much about this one, that this was a quick news cycle. And because the White House had their talking points for them. That, oh, they, they blamed the Republicans. Right. Peter Ducey said, you know, okay, so if D.C. is so safe and the president is doing so much to fund police, would it be okay if someone borrowed his Corvette and parked it in southeast D.C. for the night? <laughs> and she's like, I'm not going to get into hypotheticals. Stop it, troublemaker. Right, exactly. Uh, it, and nobody followed up on this, how ludicrous this was, that this is a talking point going back to Jen Psaki's days where she was like, Republicans are the real defund the police party. And the American Rescue Plan is the real reason why police are still on the beat. Well, it's obviously not working, and party ID is just completely vacant from any and all stories about this. I just like the way that Red Steve, Stephen Miller on Twitter, has the big uh, painting. They painted defund the police in on D.C. on the street, you know, with the mayor's consent, basically. Uh, so it's like, and now they can't recruit enough police. Yeah, They're well, 400 people short. Oh, well, gosh, why would that happen? Oh, no. So as we know, when Democrats fail, you'll never hear about it because the media are full of Democrats. Uh, if you're in doubt about that or you need some evidence, you got to come to Newsbusters once, twice, 24 times a day. Thanks for checking in. <laughs>